The podcast you're about to listen to is part of the Professional Casual Network. To find more podcasts like this, please check out professionalcasual.com. The Professional Casual Network has gear. Check out teespring.com slash store slash professional casual for fresh new swag. A huge shout out to our sponsor, beardeddragongames.online. Pick up all your local game store goodness from Magic the Gathering, Dungeons and Dragons, Pathfinder, or Wafurp 4th Edition, as well as terrain, paints, board games, comics, and more. Make sure to use code PROFESSIONALCASUAL at checkout for free domestic shipping or PCME10 for 10% off your total order at beardeddragongames.online. Also, a special thanks to Built Bar for sponsoring the show. To get 10% off your order and to help support the show, use code PROFESSIONALCASUAL at checkout or use the link in the show notes. Welcome, everybody! It's that time. It's Thursday night. That means we are here for... Wait! Did I rule a wild? Your Marvel Crisis Protocol Plavlog. Uh, as normal, I am here. I'm sitting in this seat, but I am joined tonight by a very special guest flying in all the way uh, from the comic book rundown. We are joined this evening by Mr. Ron Haynes. Ron, hello. Hello, everybody. Um, so Ron is one of the, the the two stellar individuals of the comic book rundown, which is now part of the Professional Casual Network and comes out every Friday. There's also going to be a very special edition of Comic Book Rundown, uh, just titled tonight by by Mr. Gennaro, um, Marvel Crisis Protocol Rundown. Episode one is going to be coming out tomorrow on the Patreon at the Booker's tier and above. Uh, and it's all going to be about Blob and Pyro just in time for their release in just a few hours. So. If you are looking for something to do while you paint and assemble your Blob and Pyro models, honestly, that episode would be a great place to start. Ron, can you tell me a little about, and tell all the good people a little about, um, what what they can expect to find in that episode? Uh, you said special, and that's very accurate. Because <laughs> holy crap, we had no idea what we were talking about. We were trying to look shit up, stuff up while we were, uh, you know, like while we were recording. Yeah. And I ended up having to make a cheat sheet of like what the uh, all the emblems mean on the little cards and stuff. Because mm-hmm. I mean, we had no idea. Um, we did. You know, you'll get some uh, background of each character, first appearances, stuff like that. Um. But yeah, mo- most of it's just us um, kind of rambling in the dark. Beautiful. So <laughs> I, it can be. So this this was kind of a fresh take for you guys, right? As far as it was the introduction for Marvel Crisis Protocol call for you. And honestly, if you have a cheat sheet, cheat sheet, you're ahead of the game. Um, being able to figure out kind of what all that stuff means, you know, it's it 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 seems like a lot at first, but once you get the hang of it, you're like, oh well. The explosion means I hit things. The shield means I block things. This seems pretty straightforward, but yeah. there's there's just all those other incredible intricacies about, well, what's the, what's the, uh, oh gosh, now I'm trying to think of the symbols too, right? The difference between like the. Um, well, there's like, so there's the range one that looks like a, a target. Mm-hmm. And then there was another one that looked very similar to it. I can't remember what it was. Oh, on the cards, the power one looked yes. similar to it. Cause we couldn't, cause we were like, I was looking at it on my phone. So I couldn't really see it all that well because I, I couldn't because I, I couldn't pull it up on the computer while I was in uh, um, recording. Right. So I was trying to get it like while we we're looking at it. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that one's this. But uh, and then the uh, the active one kind of looks like the range one also. Yes. Um, yep. <laughs> so I just but, did a teaching game with my wife this past week because she's going to be heading to uh, Everwinter uh, this weekend with us to be streaming. So if, if you're looking for something to do this weekend and you're not already heading to Everwinter to play some MCP, uh, right here on the Twitch, we'll be streaming a lot of the day Saturday and then finals on Sunday, as well as there might be a couple other um, events and stuff that they're going to be running as well. Um, but was teaching her and that that's kind of the the constant thing that comes up is that the the superpower symbol... And the range icons are incredibly similar. Um, yeah. And I feel like there's something else, too, that maybe... Yeah, but but anyway. Um, so this week, AMG dropped kind of a whole bunch of news. They dropped both, like, a shadowed out, blocked out, like, unlocked character teaser. 
of a couple characters that looked pretty obvious to some. Uh, I know our good friends over at the Gamers Guild, Mr. Nate, has been incredibly excited about the possibility of one of these characters, but it showed the silhouette, right, of two characters on a rooftop. One had what looked like almost Dr. Octopus tentacles, except it was holding guns. And there's there's only... There's only so many characters that could have been. Uh, I assumed it was either a four-tailed scorpion from the Spider-Man Rogues Gallery, um, or maybe Stiltman uh, with guns. But <laughs> you know, it did turn out to be uh, Mister Doctor, the Agent Venom, um, which honestly is is just an absolutely rad character. His whole story as a, as a whole is is very interesting, and he was part of one of my favorite Thunderbolts team. Not, not my favorite Thunderbolts team, but one of my favorite Thunderbolts teams. Um, Spider-Woman, uh, Jessica Drew, was also in that picture and revealed as well. So it does look like sometime early 2023. That could be January. That could be March. That could be April, in all honesty. Q1 is sometimes a very loose term as far as release dates, but we know that is coming, and that is going to be joining uh, a new addition to the Spider-Foes and the Criminal Syndicate as well with Rhino. And unlike my dreams and wishes, it's not the Paul Giamatti robo-Rhino. <laughs> it's, uh, it's regular old good old-fashioned Rhino. So, But, you know... The like okay, I get it. And actually they, they kind of pulled that from the ultimate line, the the robotic rhino suit thing, which is pretty freaking cool. But at the same time, I like our big dumb lunky rhino. So yeah. like I do love like every Spider-Man game ever, right? When you're fighting against Rhino, there's Oh, you just gotta run wall. him into a wall. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Walls and power converters or like telephone yep. poles. So it's a good thing in Marvel Crisis Protocol that the terrain is destructible, right? Because otherwise, if it stayed there after Rhino crashed into it, he'd be in a lot of trouble. But maybe you can get some of his obvious weakness, which is the ability to run into things and not people, just out of the way. <laughs> so um, now tell me, Ron, are you familiar at all with, with, with Agent Venom? Have you had any experience with him during your, your tenure so at the comic book rundown? You may say I'm sort of a professional at this because I did read one issue of uh, Agent Venom. So, yeah, like I know that it's Flash Thompson. Okay. <laughs> and cool. that's and that he has a hard time actually controlling it. So, I mean, but that's normal. Yeah, I I, I often think back to Matt Gargan with the Venom symbiote where they oh, God, a, terrible. Uh, so I, I adored it. I, I loved that part of the Thunderbolts where it was Matt Gargan like coming out of Venom's torso and vomiting while Venom was eating someone and they just couldn't agree on anything and they were just not in sync whatsoever. Um, the cool thing about the Flash Thompson uh, Venom, Agent Venom, is he's I mean, so Flash Thompson like lost his legs in like Iraq. And yeah. they do kind of this whole thing where they like apply Venom to Flash for like an hour to two at a time. And then they like rip it off them so it can't like fully bond. So it's this weird, like, not weird. It's just actually this cool, like almost kind of like resources. Like you got like 15 minutes before. It's like, um, it's kind of, it reminds me of like the web fluid stuff. There's like, there's a clear resource that when that goes, bad things are going to happen. So you need to get back to base and recharge and put Venom back in his case for a little while. Um, I've always kind of dug it quite a bit, but at the end of the day, it's also it's also Venom with guns. You know what I mean? With a I, dude, I love the suit, like the yeah. design itself of the Venom, because it's not like you're, you know, monstrous, you know, oh, I'm going to you know destroy everything Venom yeah. most of the time. Um, <laughs> it, it, like, it, it, looks, it looks like if Spider-Man were, you know, to fornicate with the Punisher and have a baby. It really does. It very, it very much does look like Spidey Punisher or Punisher Man or <laughs> Piternisher. Piternisher. Mm. I think, I think that's probably canon. Piternisher is, I think. That uh, seems legit. Yep. I think that's going to be uh, going forward. I'm surprised. We haven't seen the card for Agent Venom yet. 
Um, but I'm pretty certain Pytorcher will probably be on there somewhere. Uh, it's a big part it's of it. It's probably one of his moves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that'll, be his, that'll be a spender. Once you get a little bit of power on him, you can finally use Pytorcher. And, you know, it's every uh, blanks and wilds and, and blocks all count as attack successes because you can make sure that you're Pytorcher you're going to get the job done. So <laughs> I, think, I think that's all you could possibly need. Um, now, how about uh jessica drew uh miss spider woman and what what's your uh, your history with uh with her so uh when you told me about this yesterday i kind of did a little digging because <laughs> other than other than like when she shows up in like um like amazing spider-man like uh in the uh, spider-verse or yeah. um you know stuff like that like i didn't know much about her so i'm looking it up and one of the most interesting things i found was that uh she is actually a spider that's been turned into a human. Wait, what? Yeah. Okay. So apparently her original backstory was that she was a spider that had been turned into a human as opposed to like the human that gets the spider powers. And Wait, um, really? Yeah. And then they, they uh, retconned it to like, she was like hit with a bunch of like radiation with spiders that gave her like a bunch of different spider powers, which is why she's got like the, the venom thing and the, yeah. uh, uh, like the little blasts and whatever. But it was, it was, it's all crazy because every, like, I mean, she doesn't really have that much of a run of anything at yeah. all. Like her first, her first run was, um, the only reason why they put her in there originally, it was, uh, what was it? Uh, I might have it right here. Um, Marvel spotlight number 32 was her okay. first appearance. And the only reason why she was in it was because Stan Lee wanted to make sure nobody else could use the spider woman name. All right. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like when you go to GoDaddy and just save a bunch of websites, just so no one yeah. else can use them later. All it's right. like, you know, I got on uh, what's that called hive. Yeah. And you know, put my username in there so that just in case anything happens with it, I can pop on there and be like, okay, I've already got it. You know? Yeah. 100 percent i do but uh oh sorry go ahead uh, yeah but she also um like she they retconned it to where she's like got the radiation thing and then they retconned it again to where like she and her parents lived in this like weird little uh mountain range thing and her dad did experiments on her and then he disappears then she goes looking for him and then she's part of hydra and yeah it's so weird so weird. She was like the pinnacle of like one of the more recent, I guess, more recent, uh, quote unquote, uh, scroll invasions as well. Right. Where she was like, because yeah, she was a uh, scroll the whole time that she was part of shield and part of, uh, the Avengers, the new Avengers. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was very, very like they don't, it's almost like they don't know what the hell they want to do with her. So they're just like, well, what if we just do everything with her? Right. All at the same time. She does seem like one of those characters that they like forget about sometimes. So then they just make really important out of nowhere. Uh, yeah. I often think of like Molecule Man for that, where it's like, yeah, we haven't heard from that guy in a while. It's like be throwing the trapster in. It's like, oh, yeah, trapster is actually at the center of the universe. <laughs> at least that's certainly how I felt like when I was reading Secret Wars with Molecule Man. I was like, wait, what? This dude? Yeah. All right. Just give him a cheeseburger. It'll be fine. But. Yeah, it's. uh it's interesting. I'm I'm super excited to see an expansion to the Web Warriors as a whole. I believe that's going to give us who who does that give us in full. So obviously we have Spider-Man, uh Miles Morales, uh Ghost Spider. Let's see. So we have Amazing Spider-Man, Black Cat, Daredevil, Ghost Spider, Moon Knight is a Web Warrior. Is Daredevil part of uh I mean, oh, I guess they're the, they're the you know Marvel Knights, but yeah, okay. Uh, then they also have Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man, because there's two, and uh, Venom. So that's, uh, I think, a great addition. I'm assuming maybe both will be in there, but... How many uh, uh, characters total does Marvel Crisis Protocol have currently? Oh, great question. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's Sorry to a... throw you out there, like, you know, while we're live and stuff, but I, I don't know much about the game, because I've never, like... Uh, other than uh, what Joey and I did for the uh, pyro and blob thing, like, yeah, let's uh, <laughs> let's see. So, um, one hundred and thirty-two currently. Hey, that's wild. That's my uh, lucky number. Is it really? Yeah, thirty-two is Danny's lucky number. 
So you're just, you know, just way to one upper, man. But <laughs> but that also, I believe, includes that 132 number also includes, I think, some of the grunts. So that'd be like total models in the game um, sure. because there's uh, like uh, Nick Fury Jr. comes with like three shield agents on a base and a Shadowlands Daredevil comes with some hand ninjas. Electra can, can also use those same hand ninjas. So, yeah. Cool. But yeah, and that's 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 growing cons- pretty consistently all the time. So, I will we get to two hundred characters by the end of twenty twenty three? Absolutely not. But by the end of twenty twenty four, maybe they do. Like, uh, yeah, that's still pretty aggressive. But I don't know. Maybe if they just like dump like all of the Inhumans or or not all the Inhumans, the Eternals or something like that, in like one big set and just get those numbers up. But but yeah, do they what, normally release like two or three a month or? Yeah, it's usually between one and one and three. They, they had there was a whole bunch of issues uh, like mid pandemic as far as shipping and actually getting stuff into the I mean, yeah. stuff but all over the place. So they and were, then we'll have another one of those here in a little bit when railroad strike, you know. Correct. Yep. So it, it kind of hit one of those things where like they were supposed to have stuff come out kind of regularly and then it would get backed up. And then all of a sudden in one month, there'd be like eight models out. But. Yeah, normally one or two boxes of one to two characters each kind of per month is is what's uh what sure. it seems like the flow will will continue as. So tomorrow we have Blob and Pyro. We also have the Weapon X program rival set that has the OG like um Wolverine number 10, Sabretooth, and Wolverine in it. Uh that comes with like the uh weapon x program like is like the the stereotypical bunker it's like covered in snow and has the big door and it comes with a motorcycle which i'm all about just as far as i want to look this up because like i've never even looked at my marvel crisis protocol i've I've seen like you know the the miniatures like that you guys have done like up on uh like uh um instagram and stuff but like i've never actually seen the game played and every time i learn more about it i'm like I need to stay away from this because this sounds like a lot of money that I don't have to spend. <laughs> so as far as other reasons that you should spend money you don't have on this game, uh, as far as miniatures <laughs> games go, uh, it's a skirmish style, right? So you're, you're not buying tons and tons and tons of, of units and models. Uh, you can kind of just buy what you actually want to play. You want to just play X-Men, just buy the X-Men. It's fine. It absolutely works. Um, but th- the amazing thing as far as the game as a whole, is the terrain is destructible. You can pick people up and you can throw them. Dr. Octopus can hurl garbage cans. He can also hurl Spider-Mans. Like, it's all over the place. It's super fun. It's super cool. We went to a tournament once, um, the Atlantic City Open, and we were streaming it, and there was a guy playing Magneto. Uh, Shout out to Rob and Dr. D. We weren't familiar with them at the time, but now they've both become close friends. And... um, Rob's the uh, chainmail guy, right? What's that? Is Rob the chainmail guy? Uh, different Rob, but yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're, we, have, we have a lot of Robs here. But um, but yeah, we met Rob Real, and he was playing, I believe, Brotherhood into Dr. D's uh, She-Hulk and took down a She-Hulk with a Magneto just hurling garbage can after garbage can because it was the only terrain on the board and within range. But just like, just that narratively the story that tells of just a very panicky magneto just grabbing whatever he can to take down a very very obvious threat i mean ask magneto you could take that trash can wrap it around her face then she can't breathe that makes sense that's fair i mean she's got hulk breath though i don't even know how that works because i'm pretty certain they can like ride around on asteroids in space so like they might not even need to breathe true maybe they yeah or maybe yeah they're they're still so powerful they just pull the oxygen out of everything yeah yeah they're like fish it's like oh well, not fish but it's like oxygen osmosis they're like jellyfish i Dang. guess is what i meant yeah they can just pull Something it out of there but um as far as what we're assuming these characters will probably be uh i think you can kind of go with a range here uh i think out of the gate i'm assuming spider woman is going to going to be probably a three or a four um, I hope they lean into some of her more like pheromony powers here. She she's first off just stuff. What's that? Like she can make people afraid. Like yeah, it's wild. So I'm I'm 
I don't know exactly how they'll portray that. My assumption is that it would be maybe they have to move away from her or they can't approach her. Maybe they can't attack her. Maybe they treat her as having stealth. Um, less attack dice, maybe, or they can't get rerolls. I think there's a lot of ways that you could you could portray that. But outside that, she also shoots lasers, right? Like that's like her main go-to. Like little like a uh, like venom blast or something. Yeah, venom blast. There we go. How uh, Miles can do like the poison sting thing? Yeah. Yeah, he also has, I think his, maybe his is the one that's actually called Venom Blast or Venom Shot or something like that. Um, but it like, it like messes with your, like your synapses or something electronically, I, I think. But, <laughs> but um, and then as far as Agent Venom, I think that could really be a pretty solid four. Uh, we already have Punisher in the game and kind of melding those two together, having some rapid fire pistol shots and being able to send some tentacles around, throwing people around, um, having wall crawler, maybe a longer movement, something along those lines, I think seems pretty spot on. As far as he goes, I'm very... So the rating system... Sorry, what's that? How does the rating system work for the characters? Like, uh, so, uh, is it like a one to five scale or... So it, it was for a while. It was one to six. Uh, now they've added uh, Malekith uh, at seven... Uh, we also have Dormammu at, at um, threat eight. So eight is currently as high as it goes. Um, Thanos is a six, but all the gems that he can use count as one additional threat. So he can also go up to eight threat. Um, and there's a couple other characters, too, that can have uh, gems. So like uh, Star-Lord can use the power gem for a dance-off or uh, Doctor Strange <laughs> can use the time gem. I think... Uh, Corvus Glaive can use the Reality Gem. There's a handful of them out there that can that can use gems to increase their threat. But yeah, there's no ones. So like a two would be like a Bullseye, a Rocket Raccoon, a Koye, um, Nebula. So not even the Thugs are, are like the... Um, so they don't count. Uh, like as, you said... Yeah, they don't count as threat at all because they come in with what okay. they call like a parent character. So, like, the shield gotcha. can only work with Nick Fury Jr., so they can only operate on his term. They're part of his character as a whole. Um, threes would be uh, Viper, War Machine, Iron Man. And granted, they kind of do it in a way where they're saying, like, when a character comes out at a certain threat level, it's this character in this particular timeline or this scenario. So, like, we have had two different Black Widows. We have just regular old Black Widow. She's a two-threat. Uh, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Black Widow, a little bit buffer, got some more stuff going on, is a three-threat. Same with gotcha. Doctor Strange. They have two versions of them. Granted, they're both five-threat, but one's the Sorcerer Supreme, and one's just regular old Doctor Stephen Strange. But, um, yeah. And that, then is there, like, a, uh, a max threat level that you can have on your team? Yes. Yeah, so, is that how, like, you're able to... Somewhat, yes. So it's actually really interesting how they do it. Um, you show up with a roster of 10 characters. Those characters can cost any m amount you want. But when you start the game, you and your opponent both have uh, six kind of, they call them crises. And that could be uh, some meteors come down and they start to mutate people. Or someone dropped a bunch of Thor hammers all over the place. Or there's some gamma shelters that you need to like secure. So each player has six of these particular scenarios they kind of randomize them and you pick two of them out they all have different threat ratings and whoever like loses the role to go first gets to choose what threat you play at so if you bring one like the hammers one is a very popular one because you get to pick up a thor hammer you get more attacks it's really fun you're just beating the heck and the snot out of each other uh is 19 threat then you have other ones that go down as far as 15 I believe maybe 14 is the lowest and 20 is the highest. So those are the kind of okay. ranges. So then you build okay. out of your roster of 10 threat to match the uh, the events going on. Gotcha. So it's like a good idea to have like multiple levels. So that way, if it's like 14, you could have like, you know, like three level uh, or yeah, three level threes and then, you know, like yeah. make up the rest of it. Yep, exactly. Yeah, okay. So, and that's, that's kind of the cool thing is because you can kind of play anyone with anyone else. Um, 
you, you find some really neat uh, mixing and matching that people do that uh, you have maybe more thuggish uh, affiliations like the Black Order that where everyone's like a four, five, or six. And then you have Web Warriors where you have a lot of threes. Or you have the Spider Foes where it's a bunch of just fours, like nothing else. So you got to... <laughs> You got to mix it up in there a little bit. You throw in a bullseye. You throw in a rocket raccoon or someone that can like help. Uh, Black cat's higher than a four. Come on, I'd put her at like an eight. Black, right? So <laughs> we we, we often, oh wait, threat levels. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man after Doctor D's own heart. Um, <laughs> Black cat. Uh, she's a three. It's kind of like street level and then that, that normal superhero tier and then you get into the cosmic levels and stuff. Uh, Black Cat can just straight up yoink objectives off of people. She's really, really, really good. She should probably be higher than than what she is because she's an incredibly popular and an incredibly powerful character. Just not damage wise. She's not going to like wipe models off the table, but she will get the way you win out of your hands. Take it and run away, which <laughs> she hey, that. You know, pretty narrative, right? Um. Gambit, though, can't steal anything. He has a card called Charming Thief, but, you know, he just he can't get away with it. Just can't get away with it. So if he can't steal things, can he give you things? Like, can he slip things into your pocket? Great question. <laughs> yes. Usually in the form of damage with explosive cards. Exactly. So Like, uh, um, what was it? Um, Fallout, where you can put grenades into people's pockets? Yes. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so I, that's, that's one thing. So I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent here, but I'm big Elder Scrolls people. My wife is very big Fallout people. So we will often be telling the same story sometimes. And, you know, it, whether it's putting a poison potion in someone's pocket and waiting for them to drink it or poison cheese or grenades in the pocket. It is very nice that even though we're into very different games, uh, we often pull the same. Exact the crossover's great. Yep. Yep. 100%. Um, yeah, I, I see. I love both of them and I sneak in everything that I play because I yeah. mean, that's that's my favorite thing to do. Mm -hmm. Like it drove my kids crazy when I first bought Skyrim because all I would do is sneak around everywhere. And they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, just pay attention. And then like I would keep getting level increases and they're like, yeah. you're not doing anything. I'm like, I'm sneaking and killing things. I was like, that's all I have to do. And then I level up. Yep. I've only been playing for four hours, but I've maxed out pickpocketing. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> uh, I legendary myself three times. <laughs> wow. All right. I, and that was yeah. whenever I played Skyrim, it was very difficult to not play a stealth guy with a bow over and over. And that's over that's what I do. Yeah. The, see, I only I've only played it once through. OK, but when I was like, OK, I'm going to stealth and then I'm going to work out my bows. And then I did the, the blacksmithing, enchanting alchemy like yep. rotation mm -hmm. to where my bow was doing like 200 and something damage. Nice. And then that's not even including the arrows. Yeah. So, like, other than um, Alduin and a couple of the other, like, Elder Dragons, I could two-shot most of the dragons in the game. Nice. Nice. It was fantastic. I, I'm uh, habitually starting over in those types of games. <laughs> where I'm like, I get past that, maybe that first five to ten hours, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to try, try it this way. And I'm going to play a, a, a Khajiit that wears heavy armor and just punches people, and that's all they do. And then... That character. A, I mean, that's a good, right? Uh, but then that character. I, I used to brawl with my Kaji because you always got the extra damage yeah. for the claws. Yeah, that's like yeah. Every fucking tavern brought into you're just like goodbye. Yeah, and then once again, anytime I made a character, maybe it was the Kaji that was a heavy armor brawler or a mage or a summoner. Uh, it always ended up turning into a stealthing uh, bow and arrow person every single time. I, I start, it's start so easy. Start. It is. It really is. But you walk into a place, you do the whisper aura thing, and you're like, "Oh, that guy's dead. That guy's dead, and that guy's dead." And then you walk in. Like I would, I would be standing next to somebody. They'd run into me, be like, "Oh, what's going on?" And then, oh, and there's nothing there because yeah. you know, it's great. I loved it. But uh, and I did the same thing when I played Fallout. Yeah. Like I put most of my points into like the stealthy stuff, and so. My first playthrough of Fallout 3, I'd never played like the game before, so I was just kind of wandering around the wasteland. Mm -hmm. And I ended up going to that place where you go into like the uh, the Chinese simulation bunker thing. Yeah. Uh, like the Brotherhood of Steel thing. And I went all the way through it. I got the stealth armor like right at the beginning of the game. 
And then you can use the other armor to like continuously fix it. So I was just stealthing around the whole time. And as long as I didn't move, nobody could see me. Okay. Hell yeah. That and the uh, the Gauss rifle or Gauss rifle or whatever that's the hell it's called. Uh, dude, I, I can't say that word the same twice in a row ever. <laughs> like I always think I'm saying the wrong one. Um, but to circle back. Uh, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Moving on. That's right. Marvel Crisis Protocol. <laughs> uh, so over the next couple of days, we are going to be at Everwinter, which is in downtown Boston, uh, covering their um, competitive tournament. Uh, there's going to be a couple of other casual events that are going on throughout the weekend. There are still tickets available. Um, and we're, we're super excited to be there. So I believe the day starts at 10 a.m. Saturday, uh, right here on the Twitch. That'll go till probably, I don't know, five or six, maybe. I believe it's five rounds day one, three to four rounds day two. So it'll be a couple long days. Day two, Sunday, we'll start around the same time, I believe, about 10. And we'll finish up probably around four. It is our intent to stream the road trip to Boston. Whether that <laughs> works out or not, we don't know. But we'll try it because somebody got a hot spot to take with them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I have unlimited data probably for a while, at least until they, you know, they'll they'll count me pretty quick, I think. But uh, <laughs> the uh, the the shtick and the running joke has always been that no one ever helps me drive. When we went to Adapticon, drove the whole way there, whole way back. Oh, you're that guy. Yeah. Chuck and Taylor never offered. They offered in like the literally the first 20 minutes and then never again. Um, I mean, that's fair. If you turn them down once, you don't want to be pushy and be like, are you sure you don't want me to drive? Right. Yeah, you got. Yeah. You, listen, if you ask me once, I assume you don't mean it. You have to ask me literally 17 <laughs> times. And then I'm like, oh, they might actually mean it this time. Um, <laughs> when we went to the Atlantic City Open, it was just Taylor and I. Taylor did have some shtick where he <clears throat> specifically would like start a conversation like he was going to ask if I wanted him to drive, but but didn't. Dan and I then went to um, uh, Taylor is uh, Zeresque, right? Yes, Taylor is Zeresque. Oh, okay. Um, so tomorrow, I am not driving at all. We are not. Taking, we are not taking my car. Dan is going to be driving, uh, and then my wife is going to take over because none of us actually want to drive in Boston because it's scary and it doesn't make sense. So uh, my wife is uh, a Massachusetts person, so she, she'll take over for that particular portion. But here's what I'm excited about. Because I am not driving at all, no one can help me drive. So I will maintain my record of having no one help me drive. <laughs> I mean, that's legit. Right? I, I think it is. You have to drive to be able to be helped driving. That's true. Mm -hmm. That's very true. Uh, but we will be there all weekend. We're super excited for it. And that'll be one of the last LVO qualifiers before the Las Vegas Open in January. Uh, we'll be there covering that as well. That will be really a, a king ding scenario. That is a massive, massive 200 players sold out. No more tickets outside of these people getting qualifiers uh, for that tournament. It's going to be big, 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 are, big. Are big. you guys playing? No, we are going to stream the... Uh, okay, I didn't know if any of you guys are going to be playing tomorrow also. Well, sometimes we, we get the opportunity to go in and do that, but we're going to be between uh, two people on stream commentating, another person next to the table calling the shots and letting the people behind the desk know what's going on. It's uh, it's difficult sometimes to get in. I did go to NASCAR this past year and tried to stream while also playing and uh, thankfully, I got a lot more time. Not thankfully, because it was it, it stunk. But uh, <laughs> I got to play a lot more than I expected because there was no Internet in the convention center whatsoever. So <laughs> I think I was able to stream like 15 minutes of the first game. And then Spectrum was like, yeah, you're using way too much. Yeah, you're done. And just straight up cut me off. But so are you guys going to be flying out to Vegas then or are you yes. driving again? No. So I've, I've, I've done the drive to Vegas once from where I'm at. It's about 34, 35 hours. We did it nonstop where we just took turns. We we're like, oh, well, there's three of us. You know, we can rotate. It'll be fine. You yeah, 10 hours each. You know? Yeah. So I drove the first 16 hours and probably one of, <laughs> probably one of the, the very, very, very few times on road trips where I didn't just do the whole thing. But someone else took over 
uh, for a while. Then the third guy went to take over. Turns out he has uh, sleep apnea. It was undiagnosed at the time. Oh. And he just, you know, falls asleep in cars sometimes because it makes him real sleepy. So uh, he ended up not driving at all. And uh, he also snores real loud so no one else could sleep in the car. And um, yep. it was just me and my buddy Kendrick just driving, swapping back and forth the whole way to and from Vegas. So no, I, I went to Vegas last month to do that again. What's that? I went to Vegas last month. It was actually pretty wild. Heck yeah. Do you go to the, you do the whole Fremont experience or were you on the strip? So we were on the strip. We, we stayed in the Sahara, Sahara, whichever, yeah. I don't know that, that one. Like and uh, we just kind of, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And we just kind of like, I mean, uh, I lost like 200 bucks, you know, gambling, but uh, I didn't actually go there to gamble because I didn't, I don't have that kind of money, you yeah. know? Yeah. Cause like other than like the slot machines, you can't really gamble anywhere else. Cause it's like $20 buy-ins or, you know, like, and I'm just like, that's a, that's, that's like a whole, you know, hours worth of work for me right there. I can't just throw it away in 10 seconds of, you know, rolling dice. So craps is the way to go. If you want to make, if you want to stretch your dollar out as far as it can go, craps is the way to go. It is the highest playtime per bet made that you could potentially have. Huh. And I'll keep that in mind if I ever go again. None of the pressure. You let other people roll. You put your money down, other people roll the dice, and then they <laughs> crap out. Hopefully you're taking some money off. You mother... Oh. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, it, so when we went to Vegas, $5 blackjack is uh, where it was at. If you could find a table that was $5. But, you know, it is what it is. But, but yeah, yeah. We'll, be, we'll be in Vegas... Um, I believe the weekend of the 25th in January for that. But yeah, we're going to be flying out, trying to ship stuff. That'll, that'll be a big one. So we're excited about that. And then back to Adepticon in March in uh, good old Chicago or Schwamber. All right. Wait, what, what day is Adepticon in March? All right. All right. There's a website. I think I can go to, if I had to guess what it was, it would be Adepticon.org. And that would let me okay. know that the uh, times for Adepticon in 2023 will be March 22nd through the 26th. And that's at the Renaissance Schomburg Convention Center Hotel. Awesome. Because right. this time, you know, work willing, I'm going to come up there and see you guys. Heck Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, pop on stream. Absolutely. We'll have some live, uh, some comic book rundown. The whole, the whole, the whole PCN family will be together. And I'll, I'll even make Joey go. I'll, yeah. I'll get him in the car before yeah. I knock him out. Cause I mean, Joey's a big guy. Yeah. And I'm not sure that I could actually get him into my vehicle. But if he's already in there and I knock him out, then he can't say no. So then we can just take him there and be like, hey, by the way, yeah. you're in Chicago. You just do it a team style, right? And you put some some melatonin <laughs> in his milk, and that that'll be it. <laughs> but um, as far as uh, Rhino goes, um, tell me tell me a little bit about Rhino. I think we all know Rhino a little. Okay, bit, so right? but my favorite Rhino story is actually after he gets the costume taken off of him, like he gets the skin pulled off of him. Mm -hmm. It's like Amazing Spider Man, like. It's somewhere in the uh, the gauntlet during the gauntlet storyline, um, or it happens before that. But this this part happens during the gauntlet storyline. Um, there's this uh, uh, doctor trauma trauma trauma. I don't know, but there's there's this doctor that like wants him to become the rhino again, and he's like, no, I'm not I'm not doing it, you know. Yeah. And like, you know, Spider Man talks to me. He's like, no, you know, you don't want to do that. And then so the guy gets some other dude to be the the rhino, right? And Spider-Man's like still talking to him. He's like, no, no, he's like, don't do it. He's like, you, you're coming clean. You've got a new life. You've got a wife. You got, you know, you're happy. Don't do it. Yeah. You know, well, then this new Rhino ends up killing his wife. Oh. Right. So, yeah, this and this is where, like, he just like completely blacks out. You know, just kill kills the dude. Um, this is what, right before uh, Superior Spider-Man where uh, Doc Ock, yes. you know. Uh, oh, my gosh. I love was, that story. But it was. It was my favorite Rhino moment in like all of the Spider-Man that I've ever read because it was like, you know, he's coming clean. He's actually, everything's going well for him. Yeah. And then he got Spider-Man. Like he really <laughs> like, and, and that's, well, and, 
and that's where you see the difference between you know like yeah, that's where you see like the difference between how like how Peter Parker handles horrible things that happen to him, yeah. and how somebody else would ha- handle horrible things that would happen to him. You know, like because the, you know everybody doesn't think really think about it, but Spider Man is like you know one willpowered moral dilemma away from becoming a supervillain. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. All the time, but because of the way that he thinks and the way that he you know perceives the world, it won't happen. I I do love. Just that I'm going to add that into my lexicon as a whole. Getting Spider-Manned, like <laughs> <laughs> it's like getting Gwen Stacy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, I, I, I'm sure I've talked about it on the show before, but there was a like Return of the Sinister Six like novel that I read as a kid. Um, Wait, hold on. I keep talking, but yeah. I'm going to step over here for a second. Where. This guy called the gentleman got a bunch of people together, got kind of the old, you know, old crew together. And uh, he had Mysterio. I think that's it. Is that the one with the gentleman? Yeah, and, and like Spider-Man's sister? I think so. It was a hot minute ago that I read that. What the the thing that I remember yeah. is Mysterio playing Gwen Stacy falling off the bridge on like repeat with like projectors. Oh yep. wow! So yeah, yeah. I, I think getting Gwen Stacy is also one hundred percent verbiage that needs to be uh, happening. So uh, Gwen Stacy is actually one of the uh, bingo tickets for our rundown uh, reviews. Oh heck yeah! Okay, so because uh, yeah, I mean because explain the rundown reviews yeah. or explain the bingo. Okay, so Both. I mean our rundown reviews are just us covering comic book movies. Um, but we have a specific list of things that, like, most you know, comic book movies have as tropes that um, you know we we've noticed them and we we write them down and then like if you get more than five of them in a movie, you get a bingo. Okay. So and and one of the things is Gwen Stacy, you know, where like their hero goes to save somebody, but they end up killing them instead. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I dig it. And yeah, and, I mean, and it happens more often than you'd think, actually. Yeah, I guess I never really put that together that that would be, you know, at trope level. But yeah, 100% is. That's like classic hero story. Um, Huh. So as as a whole, are there is there an episode of um, rundown reviews where like you got bingo early, quick and like just dominated it? Um, let's see. I have to I have to go back to figure out when we actually started doing the bingos because we didn't do them from the get go. And then we were like, you know what? We really need to have something that goes with uh, all the stuff that happens in uh, movies. That's just so similar. I think I think uh, nudity or um, uh, perceived nudity is one of the bingos that we have. OK. Um, let's see. I think um, the Batman uh, 66 was the first one that we had a whole lot of them go off right away. Um, Just because, like, I mean, we've got things like uh, comic book logic, unexplainable science, um, identity reveals, villain monologues, um, Mm -hmm. the hero kills, stuff like that. You know, those are actually I guess I could just the whole list. Dead parents. I mean, obviously. How many heroes have dead parents? Because what's better to send you into being a hero than trauma? Yeah, 100%. Um, uh, rejecting your powers, uh, dying mentors, uh, the inability to control your powers, um, like the whole responsibility trope, like, you know, I have these powers, so I have to do it. You yeah. know, uh, villain monologues, government interference, which is like especially in all the time. Older, yeah, like, yeah, that was like every, every uh, enemy of like every you know, Hulk or, or whatever it was. It was, a, it was always a nameless military outfit. Even Sonic the Hedgehog, yep. same deal. <laughs> um, we've got uh, Unexplainable Science, Comic Book Logic, um, Love Triangles with Yourself. So like Clark oh. Kent is in love with Lois Lane, who is in love with Superman, who yes. is also Clark Kent. Spider-Man, same it's, deal. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, let's see, we've got uh, the hero designing their own costume. Um, identity reveals to villains, to friends, and to love interests mm-hmm. because I mean, it happens all the damn time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 
training montages because I mean, what's a hero movie without a training montage? Correct. Very much so. Uh, origin reveals and origin flashbacks, which we count as two different things because reveals is like, you know, at the beginning of uh, the, the pick a Batman. Yeah. And yeah, you know, we get to see his parents get killed for the 56th time. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, as opposed to like origin flashbacks with like, um, I don't know. There's movies out there yeah. that do it. I can't think of one right off the bat, but um, we've got uh, reformed bad guys, betrayal by friends, a uh, product placement, which is a big one um, in more current ones than it Especially is in the older the, ones. The Nolan movies, right? They were, it was real bad in that. Um, we've got the Wilhelm scream, which actually shows up a lot more than you'd think. The Wilhelm scream. Uh, What's that? Wilhelm scream, like the, the shriek that they've had recorded for like, I don't know how long, but they use the same, like, it's like that (sighs) yell of just terror. Um, the hero killing someone, uh, breaking the fourth wall, Mm. uh, sexual innuendos, uh, cameo appearances. And we're very specific in the cameo appearances where it can't be somebody that's actually specifically for it. It's gotta be somebody that, you know, like when, um, Stanley does his cameos, uh, or, you know, stuff like that. Or like when, uh, like people show up in like Batman at the end of, uh, one of the movies when he's picking up all the people for the justice league thing. Oh, that yeah, type yeah, of thing. yeah. I gotcha. Um, right. we have, uh, Gwen Stacy, um, nude scenes or implied news, nude scenes. Mm-hmm. Right. And then after that, it was like, Oh, we gotta be modest. You can just show them pretending they're naked. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scooby-Doo chase scenes. Um, which happens actually more often than you'd think. Uh, misogyny, because that, I oh, mean, rampant. Yeah. Everywhere. And uh, we also have actors playing themselves, which oh, happens a lot in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think of Bruce Campbell and some of the more. And yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Okay. Um, but then we also do um, a kill count for, we started that. I think with one of the Batman movies or maybe it was something before the Batman movies, yeah. but we started keeping a kill count because we're like, how many people actually died in this movie? How, how, you know, like, no, they're just what, sleeping. <laughs> if you only knew how many times I reference that Batman, the, the <laughs> college trooper Batman, Joey hates it. <laughs> and I think that might fuel me to do it. But also because yeah. it's hilarious. Oh my god, it's so oh. good. In an order that might surprise you. I love Pete Holmes <laughs> so much. Uh. And then uh thanks to Chuck, we also have the spawn cape continuum. Oh. Um, which is basically just you know, how did the graphic or the, the special effects and stuff like that hold up from original to now? Yeah. Um but yeah, and you know, obviously we go through and bash, I mean cover the movies. Um, I, I won't go back and watch Spawn. All of my memories of it are very are good. good. I was so yeah. So you don't want to watch it again. Nope. I made the mistake of showing it to my kids, and I'm like, I swear to God, this was not trash when I saw it when I was a kid. Yeah, <laughs> I saw it when I was like 13 or 14. My dad took me to it because it was rated R. It was like this big, cool, super awesome thing, and I was super into Spawn. But yeah. I, I, I won't go back. I, I just, it'll. Yeah. I, I watched it on HBO. I watched it on HBO and I'm like, dude, this is so awesome. Oh. And then I, they had it in the $5 bin at Walmart and I picked it up and I took it. I'm like, kids, you got to check this out. This is so badass. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, oh God. Um, look, don't judge your dad based on what he thought was cool as a kid. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. We also have a couple of, we have a giveaway to do for Forever Winter. Ooh. So we were given a, kind of a handful of raffle tickets to be able to give out for people that are going. And I have, I believe, a small list of people. I'm just checking my messages here quick to make sure I have all the names. But... Checking, 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 checking. <laughs> All right. So I believe I have four people that have let me know that they are heading to Everwinter that are a part of this particular group right here. Um, four people. Four people. So I, I'm, I know there's more, but I feel like I'm missing someone. 
that told me they were headed there. But all right, it's actually hold on. There's five and six. I'm just like scrolling through all my 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 messages and my Discord chat to be like, I know someone else <laughs> told me that they were headed there. Oh yeah, oh, I forget you could actually seven. Okay, cool. Yeah, I just uh, I went on Discord and, and Facebook and email and just typed in um, Everwinter, and thankfully they all they all came right up. All right, so we have six people. I've listed them. Seven. I thought you said seven. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I have them written down on a piece of paper, right? And I'm like, oh, three, three. Yeah, we're still good. And then I added number seven. I was like, yeah, three, three. We're still good. All right. <laughs> so I'm going to assign these people all a number. And here's how we're going to choose uh, first, second, and third for this. Uh, Roll a D8. Ron, do you have a D8 handy? Give me just a second. Okay. Nope, Brian, I was not counting you uh, because with you, uh, Matt, Alex, uh, Dan, Taylor, myself, that would put us at like 12 or 13. Uh, Lindsay 14 so I, I am I am not including you guys in that I also didn't include Mr. Dylan Dyer because he is not going to Everwinter to play MCP but oh so we man, have seven. I didn't realize you were here too but yeah you're 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 running it you're uh, you know I, I feel like I don't know I feel like I shouldn't do that but so, yeah, well, hey, if, if that make the eighth person, I mean, that that even out the dice. All right. So, all right. So number eight will be one of those other eight people that I mentioned that I don't think should be eligible. And Okay, so if we roll an eight, we'll roll an eight again and then figure out which one of those it is. Yes, yes. Yep. Okay. Just that sounds fantastic. Just don't roll an eight. That's, that's, it rarely happens, easy, trust me. Easy pick. All right. So if it's oh, eight, no, it'll be big chuck. It's just the only thing is that you have to be there to claim the prize. <laughs> um, so you don't have to worry about it. Right. Exactly. All right. So what? What's our first number? All right. So I'm actually gonna tip my camera down a little bit nice. so that people can see what I'm rolling. Well, maybe see what I'm rolling. A one. A one. That tracks. That is going to be Mr. Ben Lalka, number one on the list. First one we knew was going is going to get first place uh, in those uh, raffle tickets. Congratulations, Ben. All right. Number two. Six. Six is Rusty. Sweet. Rusty, you've gotten second place for the giveaway and going to be getting a handful of uh, raffle tickets yourself. Number three. And that's a one again. Hold on a second. <laughs> uh, you only get one, Ben. You can only win once. Five. Number five. Five is going to be Otis. So Otis will get the third spot, guys. So make sure to hit me up when we get there or when you guys get there. Uh, I will let the people running uh, the show know who got first, second, and third. First, we have Ben. Second, we have Rusty. And third, we have Mr. Otis. Congratulations, guys. Um, and uh, yeah, you'll be getting some extra raffle tickets for Everwinter. So, and that sounds pretty wild. You said there's a whole like... Uh, oh, it's a, a massive, like, massive prize wall. Like Warhammer stuff, MCP stuff, all sorts of like custom things. Like it's like a huge, huge, huge deal. Their prize support at Everwinter is like really next level. It's some like ridiculous amount of money that they spend off of the um, the ticket sales that they like work with a couple of game companies and a couple like uh, retailers to make sure they're like maximizing what they can put on that wall. And uh, it's that's gonna bad. Be, it's going to be awesome. 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 I mean, that's that's really genius, too, because you you'd think that pull a lot of people in to do it also, because, yeah. you know, I mean, like you're literally getting free stuff just for doing something fun. Correct. Correct. So. So yeah, congratulations, guys! Uh, I as soon as this episode's over, I'm going to email uh, email the dudes over at Everwinter and let them know who got first, second, and third. And uh, yeah, that's going to be awesome, super, super awesome. Ron, thank you for helping me with that. 
Oh, absolutely. That was a lot of fun. I love rolling my dice and showing you how bad they roll. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, you, if you've ever seen me on a stream or an actual play uh, here at the network, you know, you know, my, my roles normally also oh. are, are not stellar. Mud is one of my favorite characters, Aww. mostly because he rarely ever rolls high. So he's always trying to bullshit his way into like, right. I mean, sure, I rolled this, but like, what a, you know, I rolled well, performance instead. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we have, you know, JB just straight up lies about it, but. <laughs> Does he even roll dice? Uh, something usually it's like Hershey Kisses, Skittles, or like, yeah. Okay. A bunch of crumpled yeah. pieces of paper. Alyssa, <laughs> you did miss it. So, uh, Mr. Ben, we just rolled off to see who was going to win in the raffle ticket giveaway for Everwinter. Um, so out of all the people that messaged me and let me know that they were going, um, we just rolled the top three and uh, Ben got first. So Ben will be getting a fat chunk of raffle tickets at uh, Everwinter in addition to whatever other raffle tickets he accumulates. So first was Ben. Second was Rusty, and third was Otis. So, yeah, congratulations, guys. But that is going to be bringing us to the tail end here of wait. Did I roll a wild? But before we go, I'd like everyone to just take a moment, head to wherever it is that you buy all of your podcasts, and uh, check out the comic book rundown with uh, our guest this week, Ron Haynes, as well as his co-host, Joe Gennaro, Mr. Joe Gennaro, not to be confused with a um, reanimated corpse that was a part of another show on the network that <laughs> very different people. But uh, tomorrow on the Patreon at the uh, at the Booker, the brand new Booker tier and above, um, you will be getting access to a Blob and Pyro exclusive episode from our own brand new experts on the comic book uh, universe as a whole, uh, Joe and Ron. But um, really want to thank you, Ron, for for popping on, saying hello. You know, this is so much fun. This is this is my first ever, uh, um, you know guest appearance on a podcast and it's been super fun well that is criminal that this was your first but i'm really glad <laughs> we could be your first um as always we really want to take a very quick shout out to all of our patrons um being able to go to conventions provide coverage of the tournaments there just equipment in general and being able to stream live every week we are very fortunate that bearded dragon games online allows us to use their space every week on a day that they're normally closed um, to let us stream. Uh, in addition to that, uh, like I said, the equipment and travel and stuff is, is actually a very, very, very taxing portion. We would not be able to do it if it wasn't for your support on the Patreon and also right here on the Twitch. So we can't thank you enough. We want to give a special thank you to our King Ding Doppeldongers and our professional cake sitters, including Bastion, Rob, Bicon, Cider Drinker, Dr. D, Leroy, and cider, and cider drinker. drinker, right? Yep, and cider drinker. <laughs> <laughs> but guys, thank you so much. Uh, we really appreciate it. And um, it, your uh, contributions are um, keeping keeping everything afloat. So really appreciate that. And, it, and anybody that's not on the Patreon, do it. It is so worth it to get the episodes a week early. Yes. So, so thank you, Ron. I always forget to say that. <laughs> Dude, I, I, okay, I binged all of Lost Omens, then I binged all of uh, Gapapa, and so now it's like, I, I, I'm stuck paying, you know, because I can't not have it every week, yeah. so. Yep. <laughs> that's, listen, that's how we get you, you know? <laughs> but... Uh, we do have a bunch of actual play podcasts around the network. Uh, we have a two Pathfinder second edition uh, actual play podcast, one uh, Lost Omens uh, podcast, which you can find on any good podcasting platforms. You do get episodes a week early and video for those episodes on the Patreon at the $5 tier and up. Same with a grim podcast of Perilous Adventure, a Warhammer fantasy roleplay fourth edition uh, podcast uh, run by, by our own Dan. Same thing there. It's out everywhere for free, but video and episodes a week early are on the Patreon. We also have an additional Patreon-exclusive show for each of those game systems, Pathfinder 2nd Edition. We have the Slithering that is GM'd by yours truly, uh, where we have four people going through, turning into oozes, turning other people into oozes. It's, uh, it's, it's dark, it's scary sometimes, but never hairy. 
uh, on the Patreon. I, I need to I need to get that one because so, I haven't watched or listened to it yet. If you want to check it out, both that and um, the Patreon exclusive Settling the Southlands, which is our WFRP homebrew that Dan does, uh, the first handful of episodes of both of those are up for free on the YouTube. So if you want to try it out, see if it's something you're into before making that commitment, it's it is there for your viewing pleasure. Um, don't listen to tim make the commitment get stuck in it <laughs> and then just go with it guys <clears throat> i appreciate that Rob. Look, tim's not here to pressure you into buying this but i absolutely am because uh why not i mean but ron thank you again so much for being here uh you might be able to see ron live at adepticon in 2023 he might even uh, put melatonin in some milk to bring Joe along, too. It should be a great time. We are super pumped for Adepticon. Not only are, is Star Wars Legion and uh, X-Wing Worlds going to be there, first time ever, Worlds Tournament, uh, there's going to be MCP. There's a bunch of events that are going to be uh, announced shortly for that. So if you did see the post and that it was only going to be open play, not the case. Do not worry about that. Uh, we are absolutely, there is absolutely going to be competitive events very similar to last year, if not more. So, in addition to all that, Shatterpoint is going to be at Adepticon and demoing for the very, very, very first time. We are super stoked for Shatterpoint. What's Shatterpoint, you ask? Well, it's like I was going to ask that. It's like MCP <laughs> if it was Star Wars. So, Oh, for Star Wars currently, you have X-Wing, which is a ship in space battle. Um, you have Legion, which is like armies of troops, uh, you know, sim more similar to like a, maybe a Warhammer. Um, you have Armada. I'm actually super unfamiliar with Armada, but Shatterpoint is going to be a skirmish based. So you're going to be running heroes and a couple extra units. So you're going to be running Luke, Ahsoka, Darth Maul. Um, I'm sorry, we haven't seen Luke. I think the ones we've seen so far are Ventress, Maul, Ahsoka, uh, Rex, uh, Mando. No, maybe not Mando. Maybe I'm getting my games confused. But we're going to get a whole bunch hey, of... Hey, I mean, this still sounds like a solid lineup. Yeah, the, the, <clears throat> so the starter box, I, I think, is Ventress and Maul. I know that's the Sith side. And then I think it's Anakin and Ahsoka on the... Um, that's awesome on the bad guy side so yeah I'm, I'm super stoked for it it looks like we have we've seen some ig units we've seen some battle droids we've seen a whole bunch of other things too um super 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 excited for that game i love skirmish based games because they don't feel like they're a massive commitment where i can just play the things i want to play and i don't have to paint four thousand things i just have to convince chuck <laughs> or taylor to paint like four things so <laughs> you're that friend <laughs> i i am listen i have i have strengths and i have weaknesses and my weaknesses are anything where i'm doing something that is fine with manual dexterity can i well, see pick a pick a lock no can i assemble a model yes but if it doesn't work I, it's because i'm applying too much pressure and i just break it i snap things off all the time and it's super okay that's fair uh, and I, I, I but the painting, paint I mean, life. no, but see, that's the thing. This is your own character, right? I mean, right. obviously it's the character for the game, but like you could just like paint a smiley face on them. Like it doesn't that's even have to true. be good. That's and then it's your original art. And then like, people are gonna be like, man, you remember that one time when Tim had that, you know, rhino character that had a dick for a horn. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was going to go with maybe a Jackson Pollock thing where I'll just paint on them off. <laughs> But, and and pretend like I did it on purpose. You know what I mean? Just get a bunch of paintbrushes in there, get them wet, and just... Blah, 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 blah. Hey, 80% of art is confidence. Right? I, I, I mean, if you have the confidence to put the crap out there, sell it, like, you're already overachieving more than most of us get, mm -hmm. so... Mm -hmm. I am confident that what I will do will not be traditionally good. Fantastic. And that can mean a lot of things to a lot of people, but I'm confident in it. So 
Guys, thank you so much. Uh, make sure to check out the comic book rundown uh, or the Marvel Crisis Protocol rundown episode tomorrow on the Patreon and every Friday grabbing a brand new episode of the comic book rundown uh, available where all good podcasts are sold. Ron, thank you so much for being here. Guys, we'll see you all at Everwinter. It was an absolute delight. <laughs> I'm very glad. <laughs> Super fun to have you. And uh, once again, congratulations to Ben, Rusty, and Otis. Uh, make sure to hit us up at Everwinter. All right, guys. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this show, check out all the other great shows here at the Professional Casual Network. Like what, Danny? I'll tell you. On Mondays, we've got the Lost Omens podcast, our Pathfinder 2E actual play, hosted by me, playing through the Extinction Curse AP. Also, streaming on twitch.tv slash professional casual network at 7 p.m. Eastern time, you can check out, oh yeah, the power phase, our Marvel Crisis Protocol live battle report show. On Tuesdays, the podcast version of, wait, did I roll a wild? Our Marvel Crisis Protocol povlog is available. On Wednesdays, alternating releases on the Patreon, we have Settling the Southlands, our homebrew Wolforp actual play, and The Slithering, a Pathfinder 2nd Edition actual play. And on Thursdays, live at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv slash professional casual network, we've got, wait, did I roll a wild, our Marvel Crisis Protocol povlog. You can also check out back episodes of Elite Eight Showdown and the first 39 episodes of the Lost Omens podcast, the first 24 episodes of Settling the Southlands, and the first handful of episodes of The Slithering on the YouTube at youtube.com slash the professional casual.